Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. You'll never be fully understood. It's physically impossible for another to do so, but you can hope to have someone create the openness for the trueness of your experience. Yeah. So tell me more. <laughs> so I think this is a really interesting concept because there is a big um, discussion in the spiritual space right now about being seen and feeling seen by other people. And I think that's beautiful and rightly so. But from a human design lens, because each of our literally journey through time and space is so much more different than we even can compute. It's logically impossible or physically impossible for someone to understand you fully, even if they are with you, even if you had someone follow you for every single moment of your whole life, there's little mini synaptical, instantaneous decisions, thoughts, um, uh, cause and effects that your brain has built, different reactions. You know, when in those moments where someone does something and you've noticed like a thousand things in that one picture, the time it would take you to explain that to someone would be just such a delay in life. And so it gives me a really big sort of relief that no one needs to see me fully in order to love me. Mm. No one needs to be able to understand me fully in order to be able to love me. They need to love me on different things that are more reassuring things like my essence, my energy, the love that I give, the way that I show up in the world. And I think firstly, it makes me think, what is it that you need someone to see you for? And is it to validate you? Is it to say that what you're doing and who you are is also right? And listen, to a varying degree, I think that is also what we do with human design is that we see people for who they truly are and we encourage people for who they truly are. So the second part of the thing you wrote to me that, that I wrote to you is saying you can hope to have someone create the openness for the trueness of your experience, which is that's the sort of being seen that I think we need. A lot of the times in our space, it's almost like waiting around for someone to validate every single part of you in order for you to know that it's okay to be you. But because we know that we live in a quantum reality, the more we step into validating ourselves, the more we create an opportunity for everyone around us to see ourselves as what we actually show up as. So a lot of the times, for example, you know, people say, oh, my family doesn't see me. And I know this because I've used to do this as well and probably to still extent, some extent do anyway, right? People can only see what you show them. Mm. And so before we point the blame at other people 
trying to see us, we have to first ask the number one step is how much am I comfortable showing up as my real self around those people? A lot of the times our ego will try to blame it on them and what they're doing. But we almost have to, even if we perceive some restrictions in them, coming from them as to why we can't, we create this opening for life to mirror us back a different experience by those people responding differently if we just even do something slightly more different than we're used to. So for example, like if you are with someone that you used to agree with so quickly and you don't always agree with what they say, even just creating a little bit of a pause in agreeing with them or just letting them talk or listening to them instead of thinking that you have to agree or disagree even, um, that's a big change. Those are subtle things you can do that look small and seem small, but the tectonic plates energetically of what it's doing to your dynamic with that person is so different. And so I think number one is that. Number two is understanding that no one is tasked with running around on planet earth, going out of their way in an interaction to see you. Of course, it can be part of what their interaction is, but there's so much other stuff in their interaction. So we can't almost sit around and wait for someone whose whole life is to be like, you're amazing, you're wonderful, I believe in you, I see every single tiny little thing about you, let me spend an evening trying to see everything about you because also it's an exchange. So you have to think about how much you're really A, seeing yourself and also how much are you seeing the other person, right? Mm. And to understand that, there are also different phases in your life when you need to be seen more, right? Because you need the push or because you're in a relationship challenge and you need that person to understand something about you. But then it's also your job to communicate when you need to feel seen, right? Because you also, we also have other needs. We need to feel like we belong. We need to feel like we have independence. Just as much as we need to feel seen, we also need to have the opposite side where we feel like we need to be able to surprise people, that people don't see what's coming next, right? So overvaluing that one need and needing people to understand and mind read when we need that mm. um, is a big sort of workaround that we need to do because just as much as we need togetherness, we need space. Just as much as we need to feel seen, we need to feel unseen. I actually had a day today where I put on these massive sunglasses because I was like, I just really need to signal to people that I just don't want to interact for a couple of hours you know yeah and then there'll be times in my life where I just like want to be around people for you know if I'm in pain or if I want joy or whatever it is and so it's about understanding the medicine and buying out of that conditioning that you need to feel the people that really love you are going to fully see here and understand you and I think that's the sort of corner myth that I want to bust today is you cannot expect people to give you all of that because it's impossible for any other human being to do that. And to expect them to do that for you is almost to make them a slave, you know, mm-hmm. and to disallow the fact that there is an inability. You know, I learn more about you every single day, right? You explaining even earlier today, you explained a process of how your brain works when you're trying to come up with something logical. That's interesting to me. And I can see that in you now. But most of the stuff that's happening underneath us, we are icebergs. We are churning waters. People see 5%, which is the part that comes out into physical time and space, right? And so, you know, you explaining your emotions to me or you explaining a situation to me, I can see it. I can understand it to varying degrees depending on, you know, the situation where I'm at at the given time 
if I can relate to it, if it's happened to me before, whether I'm emotional or non-emotional and whether you are as well. So we all have, and we know this from human design, we all have these buffers inside of us that also limit how much we can take the other in. And so some people are better at seeing others, right? Like projectors are very good at seeing into people, but a project one projector might be very good at um, seeing someone's, uh, you know, eye for design and someone else, another projector might be seeing something else into someone. And if you're open emotionally, you're more able to feel what people are feeling. Whereas if you're emotionally defined, if you're emotional authority, you can mentally understand when someone describes to you their emotion, but you're not able to sit in it with them because you have your own wave happening. So there's all these beautiful limitations that really mean that you are here with this unique never even going to come close to be replicated human experience that somehow our language has given us these like semi ways of being able to just communicate to someone else that we have this like very baseline common things about life but life really is so different um and in ways that I can't even explain to you but they go beyond how different we think life is currently right and so I think it's beautiful because it lets other people off the hook and it lets you off the hook of feeling like you need people to to that seeing to be validated thing or that seeing to be loved thing. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't also need some bare minimum of feeling seen in your life, feeling valued, but valued is very different to seen. And I think that's a very helpful reframe for the way that we talk about it in um you know, in our lives, because for example, like there's so many things that my family don't see about me. And I bring up family again, because, you know, there's that famous quote of like, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family because your family don't update their versions of who they tell themselves you are. Right. But what has unlocked for me over the years of not needing to me as a projector shove down their throats, all my seeing and all the things that happen in my brain or getting them to value the same things in life that I value None of them give two hoots about, you know, neutrinos and physics and planetary discoveries. And I've done enough posting emphatically in our group chat about it and knowing that actually that doesn't mean they don't love me. That doesn't mean they don't see me. And honestly, the less I've done it and the more I've actually shown up as me recently, very recently, I've started to feel more valued by my mom for who I really am because I'm not trying to get her to see everything about the world that I see and see the parts about me that I love. And weirdly, she loves them more because I show up for her in the way that works for me that she also values. I find that kind of common ground of these are the things that she values. And out of those, these are things I can give her and working together rather than me just looking to receive, which is what you wanting to be seen is, is just what am I getting out of the situation, right? Instead, if you want to create harmony in your on this spiritual quest, it's almost like on you and you have this opportunity to go, okay, what's that person like? What's my person like me? And where do we have this like beautiful synergy where we can meet in the middle? And in that middle, the being seen is going to be like happen automatically, but it's not even going to be the half of the magic of the like connection and the closeness and the love that you're going to feel um, because you know how to harmonize your dynamic. And I think that's where letting this expectation off the hook of you need to feel seen, heard, loved, validated. We've seen a hundred memes about these, right? Yeah. We can kind of just not pin so much 
expectation that that's going to solve all our problems and instead in our real lives solve the problem or optimize the problem or harmonize and be that um, rather than try to expect it from other people. Ultimately though, the world outside of us is a reflection of ourselves and life is this never-ending journey of getting to know yourself and seeing yourself and being the one that validates yourself more and more deeply. And there's no destination. There's no place where you come to know yourself 100%. Um, but the extent to which you see yourself is going to upgrade the amount that you're comfortable being yourself and showing yourself. And then that's going to upgrade people being able to see you for what you truly are and then responding to that um, in proportion. If you hide what you truly are, you don't even create that openness for people to see it or meet you there or um, interact with the person that you really feel you are. So you're always going to get a distorted message back. So really coming back to it, we all want to feel seen. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel like we belong. We all want to feel like people know us for who we truly are. And that starts with knowing yourself for who you truly are. And not from a place of, I need to write it all down tomorrow, today, and I need to have the answers. But just I'm on this never-ending um, daily journey of neutrally noticing myself without shame and asking the questions and meeting myself there and giving myself what I need. And that's really what it comes down to. It's, so it's it's like less of a destination and more, like you said, it's just this openness and curiosity that other people that you would want from other people, the people that you surround yourself with, and then for you to give to other people. It's just an ongoing thing. I'm actually going to take you a little bit left field because you're reminding me of a concept that you've shared with me, but I don't think you've talked about publicly. And it's actually helped me with this, where you'll say to me, some things are for you and some things are for other people, for you to share with other people. And I think we talked a little bit about it on the podcast last week where I realized that with the life theme and me be feeling misunderstood because I was spending a lot of time explaining to people how I got to my conclusions rather than just sharing my conclusions. That to me is like when I was younger, I felt like I wasn't seen because people didn't care to hear about how I got to the conclusions, but because mm. that's for me, mm. you know what I mean? So this idea of there are things that are for you, there are lessons that are for you, there are realizations that are for you. Mm -hmm. And then there's things that should be shared with the outside world that kind of yeah. has to do with the feeling seen, right? A hundred percent. And it's interesting how it comes back to, again, the idea that, um, if something is true for me, I need to make sure that it's true for everybody else to show myself that it's true for me, right? Or that everyone agrees with me for it to be true. And I think a lot of the time, because we are still tribal beings, you know, in the old days to survive, we had to agree on who our common enemy was, what our strategy for getting food was, what, um, you know, lines are kind of tribal um, settlement was within, right? So it was all based on agreeing, agreeing, agreeing. But we're in this incredible time now where we get to love each other so deeply because you and I disagree on a lot of things, but we still love each other despite those things. And what's cool is I can then enjoy a different version of a human being and what that looks like to watch you in your thriving and your different preferences and your different skills and viewpoints and different life, right? Without thinking that, you having a great weekend means I had a bad one or me, I should have what you have, or you should do what I do or whatever it is. And so this 
human design is called the process of individuating. It's called the process of dehomogenizing because we need to resist this urge to make everybody a understand all of our reasoning for everything and all of our process, but also agreeing with it or validating it because I couldn't possibly validate a choice that you make. I can say, I trust you to make a choice you make, but I can't be like, yeah, that's the best decision ever because there are no universal rules. And I have said that to you before about like some things that are for me are not for everybody else. Meaning like when I learn many life lessons that are about me specifically, I do a lot of checks to resist the urge in the position I'm in to universalize those and give those as blanket advice to everybody because that's so we are we stand for the exact opposite. So someone, for example, people sometimes ask me like, can you share what I eat in a day? And um, I can't because I don't pretend that A, it's my final destination. I am so aware of why you might be asking me is because you think that's what makes me healthy um, or because that means I sleep well and or because it means I, um, you know, keep a, a figure that I like. And there's so many other factors to that. And also, I'm not necessarily sleeping always well. And my digestion is my Achilles heel. And there's so much that goes behind the just eating. But yet we're still treating ourselves like robots. And we think a lot of the time, if it works for me, I need to tell you that it's going to work for you too. So I feel less alone. So we need to source our lack of aloneness from other things than just seeing, agreeing in such a universal based understanding of the world. I can, I can encourage you. I can see you to a certain extent. And I really think, for example, I see you. But I see you to, even if I try to see you all day long, I'll still only see 10%. I'll still only see 5%. We are oceans. We are galaxies of depth within. And what we really are wanting is for us to see ourselves and for us to have that relationship with the creator to understand that it's good. Because what we want from being seen by others, we want to see, we want the understanding that what we have, what we think, what we are is good. And so we need to source that from a, a higher place of trusting that everything in us is not by accident. And every natural, unthought through, urge, thought, feeling, intuition, we can't expect other humans who are just as um, confused about this journey in us <laughs> to explain why or to come up with the science as to why or as to whatever, but we can hold each other's hands through it. So I can say, I know that you're doing the best you can, or I can see that you're so good at this, or I feel this zing on you, or I love how helpful you are with this, or I really love this gift that you have. We can say that, but we still have no idea what the hell we're doing. We can't make someone else be God, but we can help God, the creator, the light, have our faith in it and say, you know what? I'm going to accept my exact mix of everything you gave me. There was a reason behind it. And the more I share that, the more it's easy for others to get. And then I'm giving my gifts, not from a need again, to receive the expectation, to receive from them that you're good, you're wonderful, you're this, you're that, but that you get that and you create that as a two-way street because you're also making the effort to see them. There's so many people in this world 
who see themselves less than you see yourself. And sometimes if you open up, you seeing their gifts and you go first, the amount of being seen you'll get back. This has happened to me a hundred thousand times where I flipped the script on it and being like, how can I just say the most obvious things to me about things I think people assume they're really good at, but they just sometimes a really specific praise really hits, you know, deep in people, not just I love you or they know I think I'm, you know, they I know they think that I'm great or whatever, but like really, really specific. Like you're so good at helping people when, you know, in emergent medical emergencies, like no one else could do that the way you do. You know, I said that to someone recently and that just opens up the channel for that conversation, that level of openness and intimacy and specific praise and specific seeing, because it's also not in our culture. No one just goes around and spots nice things about each other. So if you want to be seen, that's probably your cue that you are someone who's here to start it, to start a culture where we do do that. I like that you make this distinction of like, when you say you feel like you see me, what you're actually saying is you have an openness and curiosity about the way that I work. And I think we need to start flipping that distinction of what we think, how you always say, like, when you say you want something, think about what you actually think you're going to get from it. And what you actually think you're going to get from it is the allow what you actually think you're going to get from feeling seen is the allowing you being allowed to be you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's having me think of this um, analogy where I've told you before that, you know, when we make movies and stuff, like that's because us as souls, like we come into this body because we want to experience what it is to be human. And it's like so cool. And like through film and music and books, like we get to basically taste what it feels like to be another human. You know what I mean? We get to hear other people's perspectives and we kind of have to start thinking about the way we interact with each other a little bit like that, where it's like, instead of trying to get sameness and get everybody on the same page, it's like, let's tr- like, let me watch the movie of your life mm. and be curious and open and being like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool that like, mm-hmm. he does it like that and like, not neat and not, you don't ever fully understand what the writer's intentions were behind what a character said in a film. Like you can, you can relate to them and you can make assumptions based off of your own experience, but you'll never actually know why the writer had that character say that one thing in the mm-hmm. same way that I'll never actually know why you do an action. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to, because I can just be in awe of it. I can just be mm-hmm. curious about it and observe it and watch your movie. Yeah. And that's what, seeing really is it's witnessing and reflecting it back whether with words with appreciation with closeness with togetherness and kind of what you're saying about characters it's also making me think Taylor like you get different being seen by different characters and you see different characters in different ways that other people will ever see them so imagine like I feel seen I feel this these aspects are being seen by you these other aspects are being seen by Jane a different aspect of being seen by my sister and we all do so it's kind of like it does take a village like going back to the tribal part because there's positive um versions of every positive uh things to be had from every um sort of energetic you know you get different things from different people. So again, like, you know, these tropes of, you know, in order you have to feel fully seen and heard by your partner, you kind of shouldn't, um, you know, be placing that on one person because they'll see you through their lens too. 
it's literally impossible to get that from one person. And I think I've, um, I literally was talking to a friend about this recently. I was like, that's why we have a best friend and we have a other friend, like even two different friends. Mm -hmm. I'm getting different things from those people. This person sees this version of me. This person sees this version of me. And that's why we don't, the person that needs to see you the most is you. Mm -hmm. And then you'll always feel safe letting other people see the various versions of you. Um, Yeah. Like, I love that you say that because absolutely one person will never be able to give you all of that. No. And it's really fascinating because, you know, I can think of my own life and, you know, when you say the different versions of you, they, they, it's not that you're a chameleon, but you have different, uh, let's say threads in your essence, different channels in your essence. And there are some that, do you know what a Venn diagram is? It's like those circles and the place where they yeah. cross over. Yeah. So you have different Venn diagrams with different humans. So you, me and Jane, we were talking about today, like our Venn diagrams are like technical, you know, technology, getting nerdy about things and then also spiritual. And so it's weird that our business and the stuff that we find so fun is all in common. But Jane finds lots of stuff fun that we don't find fun. And same goes for all three of us. I know to meet my mom on the areas that we both find fun. You know, she doesn't make me go to the theater, you know, and I don't make her sit down and read a hum- my my book with me. Like I have totally let her off that hook because that is an unfair expectation on her to even read it. And second of all, why do I want her to read it? And third of all, I'm also expecting her to enjoy it and love it and validate me for it when she reads it. Like think about how many layers of pressure that is to put on a relationship, right? But like you were saying earlier, what I can hope to expect from it can come through so many other forms. So, you know, and for example, my dad, we have a whole different other Venn diagram that we meet on, you know? And so I think that's the beauty of when we talk about, you know, when we do relationship um, or composite readings in human design, we look at how whenever you're with another human, your energies, your two auras blend and create this whole other aura that will never exist ever again that is its own little magical bubble that only the two of you will ever be part of. But nevertheless, you have your internal buffers in it. And so I can only see your life and what you say to me and what you wear when I see you and how you dance and how you move and how you walk through my own limited mindset of how life works and my own framework. I literally was, when you send Venn diagram, I was like, okay, we're going there. Like (laughs) when you will with each person like you just said you are a unique essence with each person like mm-hmm. we're together our essences like when you're literally like looking at our charts laying on top of each other we cr- i get access to different things and different traits and gifts that i get access to when i'm with other people and so it's this um composite energy that you experience with one person so you are literally the only person that will ever get to experience what your essence feels like mixed with other people's essence when mm-hmm. i'm with you you will never ever be able to see me in the way blake sees me because i'm a different expression of me when i'm mixed with him mm-hmm. so it's like it's yeah. actually when you're saying at the beginning it's actually mechanically mathematically impossible 
they can only see the version of you that you are when you're mixed with them. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And the only constant through all those mixings is you. Yeah. And your half that you bring to that composite or to that, if you want to get bigger, there's, you know, when you call when you have groups and um, they're called pentas and was anyway, um, you could go on and on when you mix big auras and more you're, collective you're groups pooling, and all those things. Pooling together resources essentially mm-hmm. is what we do. Yeah. But you're expecting someone to see how your chart is when there's no other auras. And if you're there, you're already adding your aura. So I can see the parts of you that get pulled out when we're together. And of course, I've changed my life by loving to be someone who is vocal about how much I love people and how much I respect people and how much I admire people. And that's really the door. If you want to feel more seen, heard, loved, whatever, you can do it that way. But also you're not going to care. Because what's going to feel so much more rewarding to you is being someone who's become a more loving version of yourself. And so when you become a more loving version of yourself, it doesn't really matter what you get back. And it's such an afterthought. And you don't even take it in that deeply because you have so much in yourself that you just love being you, you know, and you're proud of the kind of person that you've become. And it just feels good to to be you. And you wouldn't swap that for anybody because these are muscles that you flexed. You know, there's no such thing as just like naturally more loving people, like you have to practice it. And so I think, um, you know, this sort of, it can encourage a lot of like keeping your life on hold. And this is where I feel really fired up about this whole, like these tropes is that like, I feel like it's doing a disservice to the 22 year old me that would have believed that it's other people who are unaligned in my life and I need to cut all these people out. And sometimes you do need to cut people out and sometimes you do need boundaries and those things are all helpful, but there's almost too much emphasis on that at the risk of the remembering that you have so much power to literally rework the actual fabric of what's already in your existence if you just tweak little things in you and if you find that you've made enough tweaks and they really haven't changed things then you can obviously like that's when you bring the distance in and that's when you whatever but it comes with the like daring to go first to be someone who you think is like what you think our future is going to look like where everyone is so like loving and embracing and full of joy and full of life and full of momentum and like that's the ultimate goal in all of this and so that's where I feel like I wish I'm kind of glad that I didn't have Instagram when I was 22 when I was really lost and really thinking that you know, it was just everyone else in my life whose fault it was and everyone else in my life who didn't see me. And that was going to be the reason why I had to cut ties with everybody because I wish someone had said to me and given me the power and the remembering that it's, it's all, and I mean this in the nicest, like the word has a negative connotation, but it's all manipulatable by my own consciousness it's all taking its cues and it's alchemy by the way that I change my thoughts my emphasis on it knowing that it all streams from me and if I practice being a version of me that I would be if I was already feeling seen the seeing would come and it wouldn't even necessarily even register because I've already given like I've already changed the reality 